Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me now, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. How's it going? It's good, but I'm surprised you're introducing me by my name today. I thought we were going to be going by our football teams. That's true. That's true. And that would be <laughs> that would be a good thing to do, considering our guest. On That's the line right. with us today is Julie Hershey, who is the Director of Community Relations and the Quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Julie, how are you? Anything. <laughs> I'm wonderful. Thank you. I can do many things. That is not one of them. That's right, yeah. You really need a team role. I mean, I could definitely see you as a wide receiver or a tight end or something like that. Julie, you can do it. I feel like I have more of a linebacker. I've always felt like I have a linebacker mm, going on. That's right. You know, that sort of mentality, defensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, Julie, it's so nice to have someone, you know, from a football team on and especially a woman who can talk about it because Megan keeps on talking about her team, her football team getting home runs. <laughs> you know, wow. so I mean, this is where I am with like <laughs> sports knowledge with these teams. And I, my husband always makes fun of me because I can't quite get baseball. I feel like it's, I'm waiting for a football game to uh, to break out. It's a little too slow for me. But I, <laughs> hey, I think yeah, that'd be a lot of fun I, if a football game broke out at a uh, baseball game. In my view, that's about the only thing that could make it fun. But I do like ice hockey. I'm a, I'm a BU girl, so I have some oh. I have that blood. So there we are. We have one one thing that we can root for in common. There we go. I like that. I like that. Well, for the past couple of weeks, Julie, we've had only Portland people on the show with some strange coincidence. It's been great. So it's nice to have an East Coaster and a BU yeah. alum at that. So, uh, But yeah. we're not here to talk about football today, even though Megan's already warned me to not jump into it with you, which I'm not going to do. We are mm-hmm. here to talk about nonprofits, and we're here to talk about how the Philadelphia Eagles, you guys are doing some incredible capacity building with nonprofits, and I was hoping you could tell us more about that. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Mm, my pleasure. I'm really excited to be on the show. Um, the program that, that we've started is called Eagles Care. We're in the third year of the program. And we've really, like you said, started to focus on capacity building. Mm. Um, I've been here for many years, and we were doing a lot of great things, traditional community relations, um, using the assets of the team to do good things for the community. And that's great. It's wonderful. But we saw all these things that we were giving and all of this um, time, effort, and quite frankly, dollars that we were putting out. And we felt like we could be really serving our community better and getting greater impacts with what we were doing with that. So we sat down, completely reevaluated, reevaluated those assets. Mm-hmm. So instead of just money, time, you know, football players going out and doing stuff, what else could we be doing? And we really fell into this program called Eagles Care, uh, where we partner with five nonprofits for one year uh, initially, and 
work with them to really truly build the capacity of those organizations using all the assets of the organization, including staff time, volunteerism, um, and any way that we can help our, have our staff and our organization help grow their organization. What sorts of things are, is your staff doing with these nonprofit organizations and how are you choosing the nonprofits? So the first, to answer your first question, we are, have a tremendous staff here and we like to think that instead of just getting an accountant, we're getting the greatest accountant that's out there. Um, same thing with our social media and all of the different departments. So the best and easiest example would be our lunch and learns. So we stole this off of something that we do with our interns where we bring each of the nonprofits in on a weekly, uh, sorry, on a monthly basis and have them sit down with an Eagle staffer and learn about a particular area. So this upcoming one, which will be next week, we're bringing in the five nonprofits. They're sitting down with Chris Johnson from our uh, television network Mm -hmm. and giving them each nonprofit a brand new video camera and all the software that goes along with it, which is great. But we've all gotten, we've always discussed technology, we've all gotten a camera and it sits there and what are you going to do with it? So what we do is Chris sits with them for, really it ends up being two to three hours walks them through exactly how to use the camera and the software, and then sits with them and talks about conceptualizing your video. So instead of go out and shoot some video, here's what you should think about before you go and shoot. Here's the types of things, you know, really basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And then instead of asking us to shoot videos for them, which we do, Mm -hmm. you know, when it needs to be really professionally done, each nonprofit is now able to go out and shoot their own video. And that's Mm -hmm. done with minimal cost investment on our end. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, it's the time of our staff that's put in that's really helped them. And then they're available for follow-up and all sorts of things afterwards. That's, I mean, that's great, too. I mean, because, you know, what I love about it is the specificity of it, too, in the sense that you, you know, you're not just teaching people about TV or video in general or YouTube. You're actually giving them a video camcorder and teaching them how to use it so they can go out and create their own videos. And what's so powerful about that, too, Julie, is like that is like a huge growth area for nonprofits to do a better job telling their story. And yes. video is really, uh, you know, leading the way. How do you come up with the topics that you're going to discuss with nonprofits? Well, Part of what we do at the beginning of this is we sit down and we say to them, um, well, I'll answer your first question Mm. before because it helps with this. We pick the the organizations based on our issue areas that are important to us, but the organization being in a space where it's not too big or not too small, really they have the ability to benefit from the Mm. type of help that we're offering. And so once we do that, the first thing that we do with each nonprofit after they're selected is sit down and ask them to do a full needs assessment. Mm -hmm. And we say, what do you need as an organization to grow and be better? And it's really important when you do that, do not think about what we can give you. Because it's really crazy what the types of things that we're able to offer. And if they only, if they think very small about it, and they're thinking about, well, we could use tickets for this, or we could use tickets for that, then they won't really be able to benefit. It's the organizations that think really big and widely that say, okay, 
they're really able to grow. Mm -hmm. So once we get those needs assessments, we realize that, okay, this, we know that each one of them is asking us for, um, you know, a few videos for their website, or they're asking us for social media, which is the next one, you know, help Mm -hmm. with, you know, determining hashtags, just these really basic things that are, that can be difficult if you don't have somebody who's focused on doing that all the time, which fortunately for us, we do. Mm -hmm. So, Using those as a guideline, we sit down and we say, okay, this is really, really important. Um, And then that's how we determine both the lunch and learn opportunities, but also the individual giving that we do with each nonprofit. And if I could just give you one example, um, you know, the one of the nonprofits that we worked with last year, Center for Giving Children, as a joke, really said during this, well... Um, you know, we could use a wall. We have this great building, um, but, you know, we have this one huge space and we can only serve one group of kids at a time. But if we had a wall, we could serve two groups of kids. We like, <laughs> so they needed a wall. <laughs> and, you know, they said it as a joke. And we were like, we can build you a wall. And we had those folks from the stadium go over during the bye week and literally build them a wall. Wow. And then, you know, the second part of this whole program is the idea of giving, um, you know, we still want to be able to do the publicity media pieces where we're able to use the light shined on the team and, and reflect that onto the nonprofit. So after that, we brought some players over um, who had a connection with this cause. They painted the walls with the kids and did that as a media attention. So, and now we've literally doubled the capacity of that organization in one day. Hmm. Um, and our, you know, it was all volunteer time from our staff who were so excited to do it and really be a part of it. It was it was a, a really great outcome from this program. Do you find that your staff responds well to this mentorship model? Totally. I, I mean, yeah. for them... I bet they love it. So are, It's so tangible, Julie. I yeah. mean, you know, you would think that's what people would really love about it is, you know, it's something that they can see that they're accomplishing something. Even the players must really enjoy that. You know, so often I hear from, um, you know, sports fans and celebrities and sports players that, like, you know, they don't feel like they're making the difference they could make uh, besides maybe getting a picture with someone. I think when you're able to focus on... Well, it's five organizations per year, but really at this point we have 15, you know, because we've been working with them regularly. It's those um, people are really getting an opportunity to know the organization. They know our staff, our players will get to know what they're all about, mm-hmm. and they really are able to go back multiple times. And they, it's not just as if they felt like they were you know, doing something just to do it. They mm-hmm. they understand the mission. We try and make those connections, whether it's a, a, a staff member that's lost a family member, we put them with family lives on, you know, those types of things where we're making those real connections. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other end of it, you know, for us, when we decided to do this program, the most important thing was that if we partner, we felt like we were good at our core and we knew why we were doing all the things that we were doing. And if we partnered with a few organizations, wrapped our arms around them and had them really understand who we are and what we're all about as an organization, after a year, they would go, 
okay, we get it. Mm. I mean, and I think they get it much sooner than that. Yeah. But at the end of the year, you know, we give them a financial contribution at the beginning. And at the end of both of the two years that we've completed so far, um, I'm really proud to say that they've said to us, I mean, the financial obligation uh, uh, portion was great, but it's, you know, everything else that you guys have been able to do for us is much, much, much greater. Oh, so do you, one of the things I'm curious about, Julie, is do you ever, you know, one of the things that a lot of nonprofits look to sports teams for is you folks obviously have a lot of connections with local and national corporate partners. Is there ever an instance that you involve another corporate partner in what you're doing? Yes, and I have to say I'm the one person in the world who loves the Boston accent, so you can say partner <laughs> as many times as you want. Um, you know, my days what accent? Boston. What is she talking about, uh, Megan? I don't know what, what she's accent, talking exactly. about. <laughs> but seriously, yes, and we're so fortunate in that case, and I can give you another great example that happened um, our first year. We worked with an organization called Coalition Against Hunger, and we would say to them, you know, because it was year one and they didn't know, we'd say, just ask, just ask. Um come back to us and if there's anything you need. And so I got like a timid phone call the first year from somebody saying, well, we need, our conference table is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, our conference table is dangerous and we aren't really able to have meetings before. And, you know, one of the challenges with nonprofits is they're getting directed giving grants. Mm-hmm. So you can have a nonprofit that has someone who is, you know, has a PhD and works in this particular area or whatever, but then the organization itself doesn't have voicemail because mm-hmm. the, you know, it's not sexy to give these, you know, these days to be giving funds to this type of capacity building. Anyhow, so so they had a lot of really great resources programming-wise, but they had a non-functioning conference table. And so I, we called over to Bob's Discount Furniture, which is one of our partners. Mm-hmm. Bob said, absolutely, 100%, have them go on our website, take any table they want. And for, like, months afterwards, the executive director of Coalition uh, Against Hunger was sending me pictures of, like, smiling people sitting around the coffee table. <laughs> I mean, the... the, uh, the the table, but really what she was saying to me was, you have increased the morale in our organization. We're, mm-hmm. They're all so proud, you know, when we sit down at this table and people are happier now, whereas before, it was sort of a sad environment to be in, um, and they felt pride in their workplace in a different way, and wow. we attributed that all to Bob's and their ability to come in and just say yes, right? Sometimes and we do that all the time. Sometimes the it table. really is the little things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right? yeah. Julie. Can, yeah. can you also talk about the summit that you do every year with nonprofits? Absolutely. So this started from a small idea and has grown. We had this one gentleman who we worked with um, our first year, who was the um, executive director of a nonprofit called Bring Help Home, and he was the greatest networker I've ever seen. And we were sitting around one day and said, gosh, I wish I could put Paul in front of a group of other nonprofit mm. leaders, leaders in our market yep. and have him teach them how to network and like a light bulb went off and we said okay we should do this and so for the past two years we've held the eagles care summit uh, in our facilities where we've brought in last year it was about 150 nonprofit leaders from across our area 
Um, we just said, invited as many people as we could possibly get to come in and brought them in for a day of employee, like a staff development for nonprofits, totally free, um, where they can come in and learn from some of the classes are taught by our staff. Um, we had a, a, a pen, um, a, a professor from Wharton who came in and did our um, our keynote this year and just bring them in and talk about, it's similar to the Lunch and Learns, but a much more individual, uh, you know, uh, basis. And it's just been a really great thing to be able to have people come in and sit down. And the first year we knew that people were coming. They didn't know what to expect. They just thought, okay, well, I'll get to meet somebody from the Eagles. Right. Um, <laughs> and then, well, and I get that. We, we totally understand. But after that, we got a lot of people coming back because they learned so much. And if I, again, if I could just give you an example, really because we had, when you talk about our partners, um, our local uh, ABC affiliate was our partner two years ago, and one of the things that we thought of was, okay, you know, we have, we know that it's important to know how to pitch, not just the story, mm-hmm. but how to pitch the story. Right. So for one of our breakout sessions, we brought in the assignment desk editor from 6ABC and sat them down, and they had a, they were able to do a Q&A with all the people in the room and say, here's how to succeed in getting your story pitch. This is literally the person who's going to be answering the phone. Right. And they said, we have our meeting at 8.45 in the morning, and that's when I assign my cameras. So if you want to get your coverage for the day, don't send me a press release at 10 a.m. Right. You know, those basic yeah. type things that if you can't afford you know, a high-salary PR person, um, and, and, and maybe your program director is the one writing the press release, this is really valuable information. We were excited to be able to give it away. Wow, that's I mean, I mean, that's just what nonprofits need to especially I love the focus too, Julie around uh, helping nonprofits tell their story, because that's something that Megan and I talk about all the time on the show is that one of the most important things nonprofits can do is build their brand, which means having an impact and communicating that impact. And it's so critical that they do things like that. One thing I wanted to ask you, Julie, was there are so many of our listeners, too, that live in other parts of the country and don't have the advantage of maybe working with the Philadelphia Eagles, who sound fantastic in their support with nonprofits. What do you think other nonprofits need to know about professional football teams in particular if they want to approach them for an opportunity? Well, I think the first thing to know is the volume of requests that we receive Hmm. is ridiculous yeah I bet. I bet. <laughs> and and we and each team wants to be so helpful and really wants to help as much as possible and but you're working with a volume that is overwhelming sometimes mm-hmm. and so for us we try and limit our focus to the Philadelphia area. Mm -hmm. So I guess in that way, I would just remind people that if you're either not receiving a response or not receiving something from a team that's not in your market, that's only because there's only so much to give and people tend to focus locally. Mm -hmm. But I would also just be really thoughtful about the the constraints that your team is dealing with. So, Mm -hmm. for example, at the summit, we had a working with sports team panel where we brought each of the sports, uh, the community relations director from each of the local sports team up to talk about some of these things. And, you know, on our end, we said, okay, you... Uh, 
uh, most NFL teams have Tuesdays off. That's the day that the players have off. Now, in Philadelphia and a few other places, we have Mondays off. But I guess my point would be mm-hmm. find out the days that your players have, that the players will be off, so that you are putting yourself in a, in a, in a position to succeed. For example, if you ask me for a player appearance on a Wednesday at noon, my team, my players are always going to be on the field at that right. time. Mm-hmm. If you ask me for a Monday at noon, I'm going to be able to mm-hmm. say yes to that more likely. Right, right. So, and if it doesn't matter to you and you come back, and I and we just are not able to, as much as we'd love to, go back and forth with people all the time, mm-hmm. unless it's like the perfect event, unfortunately, we're probably just going to have to say no if you're asking for a Wednesday. Right, But right. if you say, and if you don't give a date, we're not even going to be able to manage that. Yeah, You know, yeah. It, so if you come back and say yes. Um Julie, I always wonder about the off season. Is there any potential yeah. off season to uh, to have player appearances and stuff like that? It depends. So for for us, we have players that are here in the off season, and so sometimes it's a better time. Um, but it just depends on the off season. So again, in the NFL, players are going to have July pretty much off. They don't even want to talk to us. They're gone. They're not here. <laughs> but during the, during the off season, we may have more flexibility, but we're not going to be doing something every single week like we are during the season. Mm. So there's a little more flexibility on time and the the time the players have to do it, but they're not going to be out there as frequently as they would be during the season. That maybe isn't super helpful, but no, it is. Yeah, no, I think there's, you know, and I think there's a lot of uh, good basic things there that people need to know. And, you know, even with my own experience with, um, with, with sports teams is, you know, in it's so often it's important to go to them with a request for assets as opposed to money. And, you know, I learned this years ago, um, you know, working with the Boston Bruins here in Boston, just like, you know, that it was much easier to get like a player appearance at the store than it was for the Boston Bruins to introduce me to one of their key corporate accounts. Right. Yeah. The other thing I would also remind, remind you there is when you're, you are dealing with, with players, and although it seems strange sometimes, players are people too. Right. So, you know, they want to be with their families. So having a family-friendly event is going to be much better. Um, you want to put, we like, for us it's really important, but it, it makes lives easier when you're working with nonprofits to put players in a position, in a situation that they're comfortable. Um, but then also to remember that the biggest star is not, even though you may want them, is not necessarily, and I will not name names, <laughs> the biggest or the best fit for your event. Yeah, right. So, yeah. You may think, you know, if, if we come back to you and we say, well, you know, uh, Chris Maragos or John Dorbass are the ones that you want, um, it, it, or, or really the ones that you want, um, they say, well, really, you know, they're not sure, you know, they may not be sure, but, but trust us that we know, you know, that Chris is going to do an amazing job if he's there. He is tremendous with kids, you know, whatever the thing right. is. You know, the, the same thing, thing has- Julie, happens with me and Megan. There's a lot of people want me to come <laughs> out to their events, but then I say no. I say take said, Megan right, because exactly. she's so much, she much, so much more so much of a, better. Uh, yeah, of a right. people person, and she's almost guaranteed not to insult you. Right. The other thing I exactly. The other thing I would just mention when you're talking about players is to make sure that you have a role. So if a lot of times people will say, well, "We want a player to come out," 
or we want to work with the Eagles. I get this all the time. We want to work with the Eagles. And I say, okay, how? <laughs> and it's, and it's crickets. crickets. It's crickets. And so that doesn't help. Right, right. If you come to, you, you know, people, someone, my old boss at the NHL said to me years ago, come to the table with solutions, not yep. problems. I love and that. I think it's a similar type thing. People that come to me and they say, oh, we have this great idea. Yep. Here's what we want to do. I'm in a much better position to help, like I said, to help them succeed than if they say, That's well, right. we want to work with you. Yep. Yep. Then someone who really understands the organization and what the request and what the assets are and, you know, what you've done in the past and, you know, all those things really line you up for success. Right. And, and I may say no, but I know that your person is going to have ideas and I may, and I'm more likely to want to hear the next idea that comes from you. Mm -hmm. Or I'm more likely to say, we can't do that, but perhaps we can do something else. Right. 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 Well, Julie's so nice. I mean, I most know. of the people I deal with in sports teams, they're not nice. Because they don't have well, that's to be. You're, I know. That's because you're a Patriots fan. Oh, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> Patriots. there it is. Well, there we go. Julie, I want to tell <laughs> you, you guys, you guys down in Philadelphia are doing such an incredible job. When I get off the line with you guys, I'm going to call Bob Kraft and see if we can get one of the extra <laughs> Super Bowl trophies to give you <laughs> for outstanding <laughs> cause mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, before it gets ugly here, I'd like to thank Julie so much for sharing all about this great Eagles Care program. And Julie, if people would like to find out more about all of the great capacity building work that you're doing, how might they do that online? So you can go to philadelphiaeagles.com uh, slash community. You can also follow us on Twitter at Eagles Community um, or at Eagles on Instagram. There's a lot of focus on what we're doing, particularly on Mondays. Um, and hashtag Eagles Fly. Yeah. Excellent. You know, I love Thanks. that, Megan. I'm that. I think that's the first person on the show that's mentioned their Instagram account. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, great and job, pro- I bet it's good too, and it's and it makes yeah. total sense for your organization. And you know, so many nonprofits we go to, Julie. It's like, why aren't you using Instagram? I mean, for yeah. almost all organizations, but certainly for some, it's a perfect match. And we usually say to them, you tweet it and we'll retweet it because it's much it's much better for them. That's right. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Love it. So, Speaking uh, of uh, yeah. online platforms, Joe, yeah, where, where people, people can find, find you. Me. Let's well, start, you know, let's I have start to, with Pinterest, I, yeah, shall well, we? Well, start, well, yeah, you can always find me on Pinterest. <laughs> I mean, me and the ladies are always on Pinterest, you know. <laughs> and uh, you can find me there, Pinterest.com, front slash Joe Waters. Uh, check out those 3,700 pins. And I also have a whole board uh, dedicated to sports fundraisers. So I'm going to have to add the Philadelphia Eagles to that list. Uh, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter, at Joe Waters. And, of course, visit at my blog, SelfishGiving.com, where we talk about win-win partnerships. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And speaking of numbers, since Joe's going to brag about his pins, mm. I'm going to recommend you join this Cause Marketing Forum LinkedIn group, which has more than 4,400 ah, members wow. that are all on there talking about corporate nonprofit partnerships. So do check that out, LinkedIn Cause Marketing Forum group. I will personally approve you into the group. And of course, you can find Cause Talk Radio on iTunes. We want to make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know what you like and what you don't. And I will send all of that 
thing, those things that you don't like right to Joe, and I will keep <laughs> all the good things that you do like. But thank you so, so much for, for joining us today for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on behalf of Julie and Joe and myself, we want to say thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>